Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Hey, what's up, folks? Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 83 of Breaker Culture Weekly, a proud new member of the Bench Clear Media Network. If you didn't see anything on social media this week or any chatter, uh, we're excited to be a part of the Bench Clear Media Network. It is a group, is a family of some of the most high quality, consistent, unbiased hobby channels around. And I uh, could not be more excited to. Uh, to uh, help originate and also be a founding member of the Bench Clear Media Network. I look forward to seeing what's going to happen over the course of the next few weeks and months. We have some really fun stuff planned. A couple episodes came out this week from from some of the uh, family shows. House of Jordans had a great episode on Wednesday about the uh, just the the rookie card boom in basketball cards. It's a very informative episode from that trio of folks over at House of Jordans. And then Wax Museum, Kyle had a a very educational episode come out yesterday around uh, the history of NBA cards, the pre-LeBron era NBA history. So part one of the uh, history of NBA cards. And for if, if you're a new collector or if you're a, an older, mature collector, either way, it was uh, a very educational episode. I learned a lot just from uh, Kyle breaking down some different things. So two great shows this week from uh, from the Bench Clear Network. Go to benchclear.us to track us and everything else going on there. I would highly advise you to go to benchclear.us and sign up for the mailing list. Bottom right corner, you'll see a pop-up. And uh, you'll want to sign up for that mailing list because there's going to be a giveaway, a legitimate giveaway in the next few days exclusive to those who are signed up in the uh, mailing list. So go do that, benchclear.us. All right? Um. Real quick, a couple other things came out from the Breaker Cultural World this week. We got uh, another Optic slash Prism rookie pricing ladder that hit the streets. Uh, obviously, if you're tracking basketball cards, you know that the the, uh, <laughs> the Prism and Optic world has just exploded. Zion, thank you so much for that. Um, so we, we updated that pricing ladder. And then on the Patreon page, we have an update to 2020 Tops and, and 2020 Heritage pricing ladders for both players and teams and then also an updated NBA market report that we put out every week. So be sure to check that out in the show notes, the Patreon page or go to brickculture.com to find out more. Yeah, that's a mouthful. All right. Today I'm excited because episode 83 is all about Emily Kless. We have Emily Kless back on. She was was, was on with us, gosh, I want to say five months ago. She had just started with Tops and uh, was a great guest then. And, uh, I've had the uh, privilege of getting to know her a little bit um, and uh, was was out there because of her uh, at the Million Car Rip Party. So, I, again, thank you for her invite to that event. But uh, today I, I have a very efficient conversation with Emily, um, the 30-minute chat, just around the stuff that we're all curious about, right? What, uh, what the fallout was from um, that event, that specific event with the Million Car Rip Party. What did they learn from that? What were the... Um, the pros, cons, we talk a little bit about the industry summit, some things that uh, were social media buzzes around that event. Uh, hint, hint, Alan and Ginter Chrome. 
Um, we talk a little bit about uh, just the perception of retail channels, right? And some things that they could be doing differently and, and hopefully areas that they're going to try to expand into. She can't, she can't give too much around that stuff because that's not her world, but um, we chat about it regardless. And then uh, obviously talk about some of the upcoming products this summer. Um, so I think you'll enjoy the conversation with Emily as always. Thank you so much for some of the folks in the Discord channel. Again, link in the show notes. Uh, for giving me some some great questions to ask. Um, so fielded some of those questions uh, toward Emily in the interview. So enjoy the conversation with Emily. Go check out breakerculture.com. And as always, go check out benchclear.us and all the other great episodes and channels uh, in the BenchClear Media Network. Enjoy the conversation. Emily, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on again. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. I mean, gosh, what has it been? Five months? So you're you're five I, or six months in? Yes, yeah, about a about a close, coming up on half a year. So so far, so good. No kidding. How are you liking it? I mean, the whole world can hear you now. So what's what's <laughs> it like? Six months in? Are you? Is this yeah, is no, exceeding no, your expectations great. or? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's been great. And we've had such a, a heavy um, calendar of events so far, even just uh, the, the first half of uh, 2020. I mean, we were at NHL All-Star debuting our NHL stickers for the first time in a very long time. We were then in Dallas for our million card rip party, which I think is the last time I saw you, Ty. Yeah. And then we were in, um, you know, we've just been all over the place. I went down to spring training, which was really cool, um, doing some content capturing for our social channels and for our marketing efforts. So, uh, and then of course the industry conference. So, so been, been all over, but it's been, um, it's just been great. And you know, baseball is going to be here before we know it. No kidding. Yeah, seriously, you have been all over and, uh, I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but it's funny cause we were, th- thanks again for the invite to the, the million car rip party, but I was chatting with some breakers, watching you do your thing sit next to Pete Alonzo and, and other folks, you are very good at what you do. Like I, <laughs> I was really impressed. Like you just controlled, you controlled the perception and the overall just kind of feel very well. I, it was just I a great, great job. That. I appreciate that. You know what? Pete was really, he was one of the best people to have there, not only because he was on the packaging for series one, but because a, he's had this, you know, historic rise and, and historic rookie season. And he's just a really down to earth guy. He loves playing baseball. He likes collecting baseball cards. He had a fun story after he pulled a Duke Snyder card at the million card rip party. Like he was just a really great guy to have there. So, um, yeah, I think that that was a really fun event. I think it was pretty successful. Definitely made a splash for series one. And, uh, you know, a lot of learning came from it, which is a good thing, especially for the, you know, the first event of its con. And, yep. uh, you know, hopefully we can do something like that again. It was, a, it was a really fun time for sure. Yeah. Let's just dive right into this. Cause I know we're kind of strapped on time today, but let, let's talk about that event. Cause I, you know, on Twitter, right. You got all kinds of mixed emotions about people wanting to be a part of it and, and, and people yeah. obviously overreacting as they do in social media. But when you say you learn some things, what, what were kind of the big learnings from your world and tops in general? From an event like yeah, that, absolutely. You, you know, it's funny. Um, I think Series One as a whole, it, it's our flagship product, but it's not really the product that 
new collectors will will come into tops for so yeah. we kind of had to straddle this this mix of we're, we're talking to our current collectors and we want to make series one almost like our christmas right i mean it, it for us it's really when baseball season starts is when we get series one out but mm. then we still had to educate the general public about what breaking even is which is kind of a weird phenomenon and people can and can't wrap their heads around it and it's just um so i think the learning there was you know how we can better even just educate the general public because at the end of the day the marketing team our, our goal is to get new collectors into the hobby and, yeah. and so um you know it was really cool to team up with the case breakers like i said kind of a phenomenon in our industry yeah. and uh um but yeah it was uh uh, really cool, you know, create some videos, uh, try to educate people on what breaking is. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting. But uh, <laughs> hopefully we can, you know, make a bigger splash next time around as well. Yeah. Is that the plan to do something like this annually? Is that they had uh, mentioned it after seeing um, how successful it was and it did help with, um, you know, the sell through of our product. So mm -hmm. that is, you know, of course, how we measure success uh, at the end of the day. But um, they did mention it. I'm not sure if we would venture into doing it with other products. There was a lot of feedback about, hey, you should do it with this product versus this product. Mm -hmm. I know Series 1 might not be something that a case breaker would typically break. So, um but uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, no concrete plans to do it again, but definitely not off the table. Got it. You think in the future, something like that, you'd probably get more people on site for that, opening it up to the, the collectors to participate or did you, did, you, did you feel like the media presence was good enough? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, always more media is better than not. Uh, we were excited to have Sports Illustrated there and they're going to have an online article run about it uh, mm -hmm. that will coincide, I believe, with opening day. But, um, you know, a lot of local media coverage, um, you know, one of the major uh, points of feedback right off the bat was um, like, you guys know you're doing this in a, in a football stadium, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Um, which was so fine that, that people made that connection and like we we get it um you know we wanted to house it at the at the rangers stadium to begin with but unfortunately um you know just because they're get, gearing up for opening day with their new stadium they just weren't quite sure that they would have the capabilities that we needed for an event like this to kind of hmm. pull off i mean every breaker you know for example had an, an internet cord so there a power line so they could uh plug right in and there would be no wi-fi issues there was just a lot of like behind the scenes logistics and you know um hopefully the next time around it's in a bit more of i don't want to say an appropriate venue because i mean that was a massive stadium and that yeah. was a massive amount of cards so i think it was semi-appropriate but obviously would would love to host it on, on a baseball backdrop next time i would 100 percent agree it is funny that I, I had never been to the cowboy stadium and you get there and you realize the grandiose nature of that place oh it, my god I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's just a little, little right yeah <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, you just you feel like a little peon in there, right? When you're there's a million cards up here and here this whole group, but we're just a little piece of everything else going on right now. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, a stadium that big certainly served as a decent backdrop for the first time of an event like for this. Sure. So, for sure, for yeah, sure, great. What about the golden ticket? How do you feel like that's been received and? Yeah, people, um, all positive feedback so far. And I, I think a couple of them have been polled. I, just mm -hmm. a handful, a small handful. But um, that's going to be really exciting because we're going to start planning for, for that celebration of the decades party soon. It's going to be held in November out in Las Vegas, I think uh, November 7th. And, you know, it's cool because 
while we have events and products, for example, like Transcendent, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's a really high-end product and you get this experience out of it. Um, we wanted to bring that Transcendent-like experience, being able to, you know, pull an invitation. We wanted to bring that to more of the general public. So you can find this ticket anywhere in any skew of product, whether it's retail or hobby. I mean, it's, it really is geared for the general public just to get, um, you know, more people into collecting than, you know, I keep using Transcendent as an example, just because yep. that's a high profile, you know, event for our industry. But, um, you know, it's really cool because Celebration of the Decades just brings it out to such a larger group of people. And um, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun in November. Hopefully you get a couple players there that are literally across the, the uh, decades, um, hmm. you know, see, see who we can end up with there and, you know, just have a, a really fun celebratory time with it. That sounds awesome. It's funny when I, when I showed my kids what you could get out of the, uh, with a golden ticket and I just keep calling the golden ticket and I know it's not exactly what it's called, but, uh, my, my kids were more excited about pulling that and having the opportunity to potentially go and meet players at an event than any of the cards in there, <laughs> which yeah, is kind of fun, right? It's got the Willy Wonka feel to it and it's fun to see it, the kids react to that. Yeah, no, it's, it totally does. And, um, you know, of course, uh, legally we, we can't say golden ticket or Willy Wonka or anything like that. Um, and it's funny. I was, um, I was actually chatting with, um, one of our newest members of our legal team. I think he, he came, you know, joined tops within the past couple of months. His name is Dan, really nice guy. And he said to me, Ty, he's like, Hey, I heard you on a podcast the other day and it was this podcast. I guess he was listening to some old episodes of breaker culture weekly and he ended up <laughs> so the first time around. And I thought that was super cool. That's so, awesome. Um, if Dan happens to be listening this time around, a big shout out to Dan. There you go. What's up, Dan? Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the questions I get within our, our channel is, is around print run a lot of products. I don't know how much you can actually talk about this, but when you do an event like this, where you have a million cards being opened, you factor that in ahead of time to the print run. In other words, do you increase print run to accommodate uh, for something no, like that? that that's actually all taken out of um, product that we would have been making. Um, so, okay. you know, I think a, a good, you know, and a fair misconception was that uh, oh, they're you know making even more cards now. But uh, no, it just it came out from uh, what we already were planning on printing, and uh, no worries about overproduction because of the event. Got it. Can you share how how different the print run was this year versus past? Unfortunately, I don't know too many details. I can definitely ask around and see if I can get an answer for you and shoot you an email, Ty, uh, about it. Um, I, I think you're giving me a little too much credit about knowing <laughs> the scenes here. Hey, you've been there six months. Come on, get your tentacles <laughs> into that organization. No, it's, I, I get it. No, but I think it's 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 a very relevant question, obviously, with the market fluctuating and craziness around sports cards. I think there's a lot of concern about overprinting and the whole junk wax era again. And I think you guys are probably doing a, you're, you're obviously analyzing that behind the scenes as, as a team. So, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, really fair misconception about the, the rip party. And, and, you know, again, you talk about learnings from the rip party, maybe something that we could have, you know, communicated a little better. And, and I look at that from the communication standpoint, but um, yeah, you know, just a, not overproducing came, came out of what we were going to print anyway. So awesome. All, all good. Awesome. Industry summit. That was uh, two weeks ago. Yes. What? Um, and I know a lot of the, uh, some of the stuff that's, that came out of that obviously is filtered through social media, but anything that you can share that maybe it's important for the hobby to hear that came out of that? Any, any massive yeah. news? 
Um, you know, I think what uh, really got the room staring was the Allen and Ginter Chrome. <laughs> um, we announced that we, we would have Allen and Ginter Chrome. Um, I, you know, it's cool because it's really taking like two well-known brands between Allen and Ginter and Chrome itself and just kind of mixing mm-hmm. it together. Um, a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it. And that's OK. Feedback is great. Um, but I think that's a, that's a big one. And also, uh, I know, um, you know, we mentioned our Women of Star Wars set, which comes out this month. It's International mm-hmm. Wear Women's History Month. And uh, so um, I, I think that's a cool one, too, that, that sure. I'm personally looking forward to. And uh, we had a couple of really great speakers join us at the industry conference. Um, Mary Beth Towers from MLS. And she was just talking, you know, it's the, the 25th season of Major League Soccer. And wow. Top excited to to you know partner with MLS to create some trading cards and it's really growing at the grassroots level here in the United States. I mean it's the most popular sport for the rest of the world and I think hmm. the the US is still kind of catching up but um there is an, a crazy amount of culture that comes along with being a fan in, in any sport but with soccer specifically and um you know I think that the culture and the real um you know the team spirit I think that's going to come through in our trading card sets so I'm excited to see that one come to life. That's that's awesome. It's funny. It it's surprising to me, but probably the most pushback we get from our site and our community is why don't you focus more on soccer? Both on the, and the analytics and just the focus on specific products. And it's great because right, you're starting to see value um, behind the growth of of soccer cards, not just you know perception and, and awareness. It's there's actually value in these cards now, right? Because people care. So it's, it's cool to see. I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what new products come out with, yeah, uh, absolutely. with MLS and, specifically. And we'll, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll do um, player autographs and, uh, you know, it's it's going to be cool. Um, I think, too, and, and again, from industry conference, what Mary Beth touched on was the idea of culture. And hmm. so many of these teams have this crazy fan base. And it's amazing. Um, I mean, from, you know, the, the supporters to the various fan clubs and they're at every game with their scarves, with their face paint. I mean, it's just a, such a cool place to be when you're at a, a soccer game. And, yeah, hopefully more people go out and, and watch MLS this year. I mean, it's definitely growing. Like I said, 25th anniversary of it being around so um yeah it'll be it'll be fun it'll be fun to capture that through the cards especially very cool very cool i don't want to i don't want to miss the allen and ginter chrome comment uh, so what what was the general idea behind that i mean obviously combining two powerful forces was it did you feel like there was a gap or do you is that something the the collectors were were asking for i mean what was kind of the mindset of yeah, I think it was really to. Um, I I think people ha- ask about everything with Chrome. <laughs> right, that's fair. Um, yeah, so um, you know whether or not they were asking specifically for Allen and Ginter Chrome, I personally am not too sure about. I was not involved in this the decision, but um, I think that uh, you know, Chrome is just. A, a very cool, um, you know, brand of tops because you see it across all different properties. And Allen and Ginter, of course, is so unique in and of itself that I think the idea was, yeah, just to kind of marry two powerhouses and and see what happens with it, see what the reaction is like. So hmm. I think once the actual cards come out and when, once you have a Chrome card in your hand, it's so different from seeing it online or wherever. I mean, to be to be able to really hold it and you know move it in the light and everything. Chrome is just, it's a cool technology. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it is really just to marry two powerhouses and, uh, we'll see. I personally love Allen and Ginter. I think it's a really fun set. So that'll be fun to, to watch it, um, you know, come out in its Chrome edition. 
Oh, I love it. No, it's funny because I think uh, we always talk about Chrome. It doesn't matter what it is. We always go back to Chrome. Chrome being the kind of the flagship collector's item for if there's a clone, a Chrome or a non-Chrome, you're always going with the Chrome, right? But Absolutely. I feel like Turkey Red this year was a great example of that. Like the Turkey Red Chromes that were exclusive through the retail channel were such a great value add to that product. Not because Turkey Red's cool, but because the Chrome piece of it just made them that much more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a lot of pretty good feedback of, about, um, you know, ju just series one in general, which was great. But uh, yeah, um, you know, that Turkey Reddit has the frame on it. And even just like, it's like bringing almost like an old school baseball card into this modern Chrome era. And it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, Chrome cards are, are really cool. So uh, it'll be fun. Alan Ginter Chrome will be fun. All right. I'm excited about that one. What about Heritage? How did you feel like Heritage was, was uh, received by the hobby this year? Any big misses? Yeah, you know what? The the guys, I have to give so much credit to our brand team because they put so much thought behind Heritage in ways that are just, I mean, they're incredible. Um, there was, a, you know, a couple questions about, it, it's almost, it's funny because Heritage is like in, intentional errors, which is so <laughs> backwards, you know? You can you make know? a mistake. You yeah. can make it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's but um you know one of my my favorite um I guess I'll call it intentional errors was that um uh the the one I think it was a Juan Soto card he yeah, had um, the blue. a light tower over his, his I think it was his left shoulder and it was removed it was just like um Boots Days card when he you know played for the Expos in 1971 mm -hmm. the Expos became the Nationals so we chose Soto as being on the Nationals to have that type of light tower removal on his card so you know there's just a lot of really cool ways where we bring in you know like 71 into modern day and I think that's what's really cool about heritage no so true and it's funny you mention that because actually that's one of the variations my kids and i pulled we pulled the soto oh, air card and so we we looked it up to see because we couldn't you could not tell the difference unless you looked up and found out right it was really hard to tell yeah. you could see the tower was gone but you could the the tint the blue tint mm -hmm. was really fascinating i didn't realize that that happened in the uh in the original 71 cards that was that was pretty yeah weird. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, you know, just as a testament to the history of tops too, I think, and how iconic some of, um, you know, the old or vintage stuff is. But uh, yeah, no, the, the guys, the brand team did a really cool job, a really nice job at, at putting it together, putting a lot of thought into it. And, um, you know, I was reading, I, I think it was Ryan Cracknell who put out an article about heritage. And it really was about the way that Heritage kind of shows you that there's so many different types of collectors and so many ways to collect. Um, it's not your typical like hits heavy product. If you like autographs, Heritage mm -hmm. really isn't for you. Heritage is, you know, for those who might appreciate the history or for those who want to complete a set or find those those variations. So it was a really great article. And I thought uh, Heritage was a good testament to just how our hobby allows you to make collecting uniquely your own. And um, yeah, it was, it was a good article. And, and I think Heritage is a great product just uh, for everyone who, who wants to find some fun Easter egg in, in Topps cards. Exactly. I love it. Oh, Easter egg. That brings back memories of little video games and looking for Easter eggs in video <laughs> games as a kid. That's funny. Uh, all right. So I got a couple of questions from my listeners. I fielded some before this interview. Um, Hopefully some you can answer, some you can't, no worries. But one of the questions was around just expanding retail distribution channels for tops in the future. You know, like for instance, right. You obviously have tops 
all over Walmart and Target, but has there been any talk about getting cards and, uh, you know, little town grocery stores or back into gas stations again and kind of opening up opportunities for other folks to get retail? Yeah, that's that's a great point, and it's a good question. Um, I, I think that uh, we're always looking to expand, right? As long as the demand is there, then of course we're looking for ways that we can reach uh, new people, reach different people. Um, you know, sometimes your local hobby shop isn't close, and it's not easy to to get cards. And um, definitely always looking for ways to expand. I can't really share anything beyond that, just because I'm not too involved in the distribution aspect of Tops. But um, definitely a great question. And I know as a whole, um, you know, we're a very forward thinking company. That's why we've been around since 1938. So, um, yeah, <laughs> always, always looking to expand. And, yeah, it'd be fun to be able to go to the gas station and, uh, you know, pick up a pack of cards again. No kidding. It's not fair being able to throw out 1938 like that. <laughs> I did. I just, I like <laughs> name dropped. Sorry, <laughs> Ty, Ty, remember, we're, we've been around since 38. Just be yeah, quiet. <laughs> kitchen table and uh yeah bubblegum company i mean it's it's all good it's, uh, it's fun stuff that's right so uh, another question around just reducing waste in this whole i don't know the whole going green that so many companies are, are shifting towards what are the talks internally around tops reducing some of the waste and and in recyclable recyclable you know wrappers and boxes has there been any chatter about that internally to yeah, that's that. a great question. Um, you know, obviously you think of tops as, as cardboard, right? So there right. it is. I mean, we're, we're printing. Um, you know, there's there's definitely um, ways that our packaging will, you know, evolve just the way our cards have evolved. So um, again, I guess I can't really touch touch on it too much just because I'm not involved in those conversations. Sure. But I'm, I'm happy to, you know, track down the right person and kind of have a conversation and see what their thoughts are in the way that our packaging can evolve. I do know that's a, a concern for collectors, you know, when they have one card that comes in a little plastic tin and then they get that card every single day and there's a, you know, a whole boatload of plastic <laughs> tins. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a really great question and obviously something that, uh, you know, I think tops could probably be a leader in for our industry if we just figure out the right way to go about it. Um, but I, I'm happy to follow up on that for sure. No, that's awesome. No, and I, I, I assume you guys are figuring that out behind the scenes, but it's, it's interesting to see my community talking about it. It's not something I think about, but the community is talking about it and thinking, how can, yeah, we, how can we get ahead of that, which is great. Um, cool. All right. So we've got a couple more minutes left. Obviously lots of good products coming out this summer. Um, you know, I think of, like we said, Alan and Ginter and, and Inception and Gypsy Queen and Bowman. I mean, what, what products are you looking forward to most heading into the summer? Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm, I love triple threads. Um, mm -hmm. That is like near and dear to me. I just think the designs are incredible. But um, you know, uh, thinking short term, I think uh, you know, like I mentioned, that women of in women of Star Wars set, like an all female signer list. I think that is super cool. And uh, I'm also looking forward to the Field of Dreams. Uh, that game, uh, I know we're going to put out, uh, you know, specifically some Tops Now cards around that game. So it'll just be fun to, you know, see what the guys can come up with playing into the whole Field of Dreams movie set and bringing that old school movie to our, you know, new age cards. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they can come up with for that. Awesome. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention it's it's my Yankees, so. Yeah, there you go. You <laughs> you do love your triple threads. You mentioned that last time too. You are a I sucker know. for triple threads. 
I'm a sucker for triple threads because I think that's where our design team um, really shines. And so often we talk like we they don't get enough credit. I don't they don't get enough credit at all. Um, you know, I, I could look at triple threads all day because they come up with uh, nicknames that spell out the relics and the relics just become such the design, I guess, becomes so important to the cards. Hmm. And that's what I really like about it, because at the end of the day, why do we collect something? We collect it because we like it, because we like looking at it. We like holding it. And um, I think, yeah, Triple Threads is a, a really cool, just a cool product. And our design team does an incredible job. Love it. All right. Three fun questions for you. I'll let you go. Okay. I'm ready. Who, who plays in the World Series this year? Wow. You really went there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say Yankees. Who's the National League team? Just give it to me. <laughs> I, oh, wow. I'm going to say Yankees and Nats. I think the Nats are going to be back in it because no one expected them to be in it in the first place last year. And I think they're fired up. They're a young squad between Soto and even like, I don't know, like Michael Taylor. Um, Mm. I know they dished out Anthony Rendon. So that's obviously a big loss for them. But now that you've been in the World Series, I don't know how much leadership you need again, right? Like these guys know the feeling now. They're hungry for it. And I think once you taste what it's like to win a World Series, you just, you, you want to be back there again so i know back to back um you know sometimes happens in baseball sometimes doesn't but i think it would be really fun to see the nats in the world series again agreed totally agree what's the last candy bar you purchased let me think i think that i purchased a twix bar and i think it was in the airport as i was coming home from industry conference um, we took a red eye back, uh, for, I, it was a Tuesday night into Wednesday morning and I needed like just a little pick me up at <laughs> 11 PM. And so I had my candy bar, got my Twix bar, got on the plane and then slept a couple hours overnight. Was it the left or the right one? <laughs> Both. <laughs> one? <laughs> oh, so funny. I still don't get that marketing. I just don't get it. But all right. Last Netflix show that you actually enjoyed. Last Netflix show I enjoyed. That's a good question. Um, hmm. I have to admit, I'm not a huge um, show person in general. Okay. I think I just look watch a lot of sports, but um, I will. I'll go out on a limb here. I'll say um, Big Mouth. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. It's an animated show about uh, going through life and being, um, you know, just just a child in middle school, and it's very relatable, very funny. It's a weird kind of humor. Um, Nick Kroll is involved in it. Love Nick Kroll. So I, I think my my last one I really enjoyed was Big Mouth. Awesome. That's a different one. Could always count on something different from you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to watch and let me know what you think. I will do that. I appreciate right. Emily, as always, appreciate you coming on. Have a great weekend. Not a problem. Thanks again for having me on, Ty, and I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. All right, sounds good. See ya. Okay.